Okay, hey everybody, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Forums. I'm delighted to welcome Daniel, Evan and Joe to the show. How are we, lads? All good. Yeah, I'm That's looking good. particularly orange, actually, the more I think of it. <laughs> you look like you've been on the beds. Liver yeah. failure or jaundice or something. Yeah, but well, there's that definitely heading <laughs> to the thing. Yeah, that's playing a factor. Yeah. Cheers, lads. Yeah. <laughs> it's been one long piss up, 20 days of it. Yeah, wow. I have a bad old um, sunburn. Like, it's bad. Like, oh, really? Yeah, did I not show you my sunburn? All right, she. All right, hello. She's worried about you, man. Yeah, yeah. no, like, I am um, Thursday. <laughs> Before we sleep in the sun, no. I I was listening to a podcast and I was like, "Oh, do you know what? Because I don't wear a t-shirt when I play, I was like, I don't want to look like an idiot <laughs> and have like a mega farmer's hand." So I took off my top um, and lay there, being like, "It's not that sunny." And then I went in to get a glass of water. Could see like my chest was getting red, so I put my t-shirt. Take the brow off at that stage. Well, I had there as I'd look worse, okay, like, but enough, I put the t-shirt over thinking like, I was like, oh, my stomach is born. Like, um, Jesus Christ, by the time, like when we got in the van, then heading to Limerick, I was like, I couldn't really feel my clothes oh, no. <laughs> on my skin. <laughs> and it was like red raw for the Cro-Mags gigs. And then like yesterday, it was like, Peeling. Uh, yeah, like right right here, it's fucking, it's burnt. Ah. Like. But uh, I won't subject people to it, but it's probably one of the worst ones that I've got. I'm glad you brought up that. We've a fucking shitload to talk about, which is great. Um, major catching up with all of you, because apart from Evan, I haven't talked to Joe and Danielle in ages. Um, so maybe we'll just start with you, Evan, because I went to the Cro-Mags and worn out in Limerick. It was definitely the best I've ever seen you play. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Absolutely. Yeah. It was fantastic. And the main stage, the sound, everything suited you so much. Wow. Yeah, it was nice to to get to do it on a, a level like that and having, like, when Kieran does sound as well, it's mm. like, you know, before a gig, unless you're traveling with your own engineer, you can be kind of worried about what way you're going to get. But, like, we knew once Kieran was doing the sound, it was going to be even like the setup. Because setup I was, was actually cool the way it worked. Yeah, out. yeah. Like I used my for for all the gigs, I brought my kit for the support bands. Um, but even like when Chromags finished their sound check, we had the kit up on stage, mm. played through like one and a half songs, and we're like, yeah, cool, good, that that's perfect. Like so. Yeah. Again, hats off to Kieran. He just makes everything so much easier. Yeah, and and therefore there was no stress even. No, no it was just, yeah. you just hit the stage and off you went. Yeah. yeah. Um, was, was did you get good feedback from um, a lot of the people that watch she? And we'll say what about the Chromags? Did they watch she as well? Chromags, like the lads, were genuinely like overly sound. Like for the yeah. whole the whole thing, they really they went out of their way. Um, to talk to us um, like they really really like you know like they didn't have to come up and tell us that they really enjoyed our set and then even like when we got to the next gig it was straight away welcome as if you know we'd known each other for a long time it's because it's kind of like they in my head like they don't owe us anything no. they don't have to like they tour all like they're doing massive tours but to see them put that much effort into just some Irish band that they were playing like two gigs with 
was class. Like they yeah. really, really are just the nicest lads and they're like getting them, getting to watch them was amazing, but getting to hang out with them was, was, you know, all the better. Like mm. that's, that's amazing, man. I'm, I'm so glad that you got on really well with them because uh, sometimes they can just make a big difference, you know, in how, yeah. how even mm. the gig goes for yourself. If, yeah. You're supporting someone who can be a bit sort of standoffish or RC, you know? Yeah. Well, that was it. They even like when they were kind of loading their gear in, came over, handshakes, um, Gary, the guitar or the drummer, like I've watched so many of his, like he introduced himself and I was like, I know exactly who you are, but I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go through the niceties. And do you know what? Like, cause, and he'd sit there, we were just talked about drums, talked about like everything. Do you know what? They really, really are the nicest. Well, what bands is he in as well, Ed? Um, I've seen most of the stuff that I saw him. He does a lot of stuff for like Yamaha. He oh, does like, okay. Um, okay. like uh, if they have new gear coming up, he might do a lot of the, the videos, but he's, oh, he's played with a shit ton of bands now. Mm. Um, They're kind of like the Suicidal Tendencies, Joe, and so far as they've kind of always a rotating uh, mixture of quality musicians <laughs> going through, which yep. would say no more than Mike Muir and, Hardly like being the mainstays. Like. Absolutely, like you know, and uh, it's you know, I think for a while there was actually two versions of them going around, wasn't there? Well, there is. There's Chrome yeah. and JM. Yeah, um, Joseph's one, or whatever. Harley has the actual rights to the name. Yeah, mm. but like uh, by all accounts, like I know a couple of people who were at it in Belfast and stuff, and they said that it was amazing. Like, and they said they said specifically, you guys went down really well. You know. Yeah, Belfast was Belfast was really good. Now. Um, I think between the two gigs, there was something about Belfast that, because we'd played there before, but we'd never managed to play Voodoo. I think oh, like, right. okay. see, that's, yeah, a lot of people yeah. thought that we had played Voodoo, mm, but we I hadn't. Thought did. Yeah. And like, even um, just the crowd and everything got really into it. And, you know, the lads in Chrome Mags watched the whole thing and swapping numbers and contact details and stuff after. And Class. just had a very full heart, you know, at the end of the night, just, mm. It was great, like still, still buzzing off it now. Like, yeah, like, I mean, there was there was loads of drama as well with Harley saying that you know no selfies and stuff. But I'm glad he kind of relented in the end. That was but one of the it, first things he talked about as well. I was like, listen, basically, if people didn't know that there was, he was in Edinburgh like the night before Limerick, and there was he got a picture with a a guy, and they had like their band's EP or whatever. But turns out it was like a, a neo-Nazi band or whatever. And it's like, you know, he's not fucking, and no one expects him to Vic do a background check on everyone. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I understand, like, you know, then when you're on such a, a higher scale, people will see it more and be like, oh, what the fuck? Like, this is, that's not hardcore or whatever. So he was like, I'm not doing it. And I was chatting away to him when he got there. He was talking about it. And I was like, listen, you're not going to have that here because they won't even make it in the front door. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, they won't be welcomed. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. by the end of it, like in Belfast, I think he fucking, <laughs> the amount of pictures, he shaved his head again with the guy. Oh yeah. First 1980, was it? Yeah. Yeah. 1980. You're, the actual yeah. guy that did it was yeah. there. It was cool. Like, yeah, just the whole, yeah. I could go on, I could make a full podcast. About yeah. It. And no, I was delighted. And like the minute I came in the door of Dawn's, he was sitting down with tall John. Yeah. And I had the book, his autobiography with me, and I was just going, will I, won't I? And he looks over and 
big smile straight away and I says, fuck it, here I go. Yeah, just yeah. said, hey, Harley, um, any chance you signed the book? Ah, oh, man. And he, he gets moves over for me to sit down alongside yeah, him. Yeah. He's looking at a menu to order food and I'm going, dude, Jesus, I'm not inter- No, 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 you're good, you're good, you're good. Yeah. And, and I says, we travelled over to England to see you and um, he was so gracious and so fucking yeah. nice and couldn't do enough now and wanted to continue this conversation. And I was mm. just going, no, nah, dude, order your food and I'll catch you later. Yeah, yeah. It just fucked off going, oh, that's just class, you know. Yeah, shout out to John as well for just even it's great having promoters like John that like mm. communication wise, he's on to you straight away. If, you, if you're trying to figure something out, it's very, you know, we'll figure this out together. We'll, you know, whatever needs to be done. Um, I think it just goes without saying that I think John is the, like John and Kieran as a team are by far yeah. favourites um, to work with. Like anything, if they're involved in anything, we're kind of like, that's if we're doing a tour or anything, that's the one that we don't have to worry about. Yeah. You know, because we yeah. know that they'll they'll look after us and they'll mm. not treat us like we're fucking naive idiots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those pictures of Hellfest jaw, jaw dropping. Oh my God. Like, please yeah, give us... An insight, because a lot of people don't know what happens when a band plays Hellside. So if you can, just give us an insight into getting over there and what kind of steps you had to go through. To We probably to went st- exactly the same way you went, Danielle, like Reiner in the Nantes. And then, um... I knew what flight you were on. My friends were texting me being like, Gamma Bomber on the same flight. <laughs> 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 I believe they're flying by Reiner. And they actually, goes, they actually goes, those posh bastards are in priority. <laughs> But yeah, so just flew flew over on the old cheapy morning flight. Um and we got there the day before and we we're hoping to kind of go to the festival on the Thursday, but um half the camp didn't want to go. They all wanted to sit about or there's like a Hawaiian theme bar in Nantes, so everyone was like <laughs> Let's go in That's there and get that. probably the most gamma bomb thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we didn't get to go in. How did that, how did that travel across your gear? Did you bring that with you? Uh, we just uh, travel with guitars. So like okay. Hellfest is the kind of operation really where like you know what like Evan was saying about having your own drum kit or whatever can really make a difference, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hellfest is great about that sort of stuff. As in, you can you can ask for the exact amps you ha- we have and they'll and they'll get them for you and same with drums and etc so you can just turn up with your guitar and um and rock out but um yeah so like a it was a great a great day we were only there for the friday the day that we were on got there we've like a reps with this a uh, guitar company in france called a uh, viger mm-hmm. make like kind of fancy guitars so uh they were there and like there was like a Ernie Ball stand, so they went and serviced all our guitars for free and sorted them out and wow. restrung them and all, all that Class. kind of soundness. And then uh, we're hanging about in um, the wee artist area. The guys from Megadeth were there, so we were chatting to them and oh, sat about in our wee house. It's way too casual to throw that in. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was kind of it, really. We just uh, uh, Joe, Joe, stop yeah, yeah, it down. For fuck's sake, like, trying, to, trying to be a studious, like we're we're trying yeah. to turn over a new leaf and not drink and stuff before going on these days. So there wasn't really an awful lot of crack. We we're wandering about. There was no kind of good bands. Oh, I saw a uh, blues pill. They were on during the day. Yeah, they were yeah. really good. Um, and then luckily for us, kind of, or unlucky for everyone else, it started lashing with rain at about three o'clock. And we were playing the big uh, inside and, hangar place or whatever. Yeah. So 
What's that, Danielle? What's the name of that? The war zone, is it? Or? No, it's the, the valley. valley. I think I think you were in the valley or the temple. I think uh, altar. I think is it? Oh, the altar. altar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. three of them all together: the valley, the <clears> temple, yeah. and the altar. Yeah. Okay. So we're in there, and uh, yeah, just it was lashing outside, so we managed to jam it out and stuff, and had a really good gig, no mistakes and stuff, and then oh. went and started. Uh, and kind of approaching that gig, Joe, were you kind of any bit nervous or were you just buzzing or, you know, because as you said, um, you were kind of more a bit more soberish than normal. Yeah, well, you know what? I think it was everyone had been like practicing stuff a good bit during the day and we'd done a gig the week before and everyone felt really comfortable with the set and stuff. So doing the gig okay. itself was actually pretty good. And, you know, there's a lot of things that translate. It's easier doing Freddie Mercury stuff if you're Philly. If there's ten thousand people there, and yeah, it's kind yeah, of, yeah, kind of harder to do if there's like <laughs> sixty people there. <laughs> you yeah. have to do it anyway, either way. Um, what was sound on stage like at something like Hellfest? I'd say it was. It was really good. We we wanted to bring our own engineer over and stuff, uh, but we couldn't afford to. You know, this is like again talk about travel, yeah. which we'll be doing later and stuff. Is there's a huge squeeze on on absolutely everyone, like you know, in terms of cash at the minute. So yeah. So it was the same for us. We couldn't afford to bring our own guy over, but like we had a long chat with the monitor guy before we went on on the front house and stuff. And the sound was great on stage and it was pretty good out front as well. So, and what, what type of set did you 40 minutes? Is it or 30? No, with uh, 55. So, wow. did. so, um, but like we only really do like kind of about 40 minutes of songs and then like you know, leave time for chatting and doing all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, rather like, than stress yourself with being yeah. like because right, we have 49 definitely... minutes of music <laughs> <laughs> and a lecture in the middle being all like yeah, so yeah. <laughs> King versus Tito yeah. and what was it like yourself playing the bass looking out at all the crowds like were you just fucking really delighted or what, what well, you, just... you know sometimes whenever you're playing bigger gigs like that your setup changes in a way that you, you can't really remember so my like my pedal was somewhere where it's usually not you know okay so it's, it's sometimes it can be a bit disorientating or you're used to playing somewhere dark so you can't see the leds on your pedal just as well so it's gonna be hard yeah. to tell if it's on or off and that sort of stuff um but um yeah no the gig honestly went uh really good really happy to like we'd been there in 2009 and 2013 or whatever and like the wee woman uh who runs the show these days over there it was really really nice she came in and had a chat with us and just said yeah we'll we'll bring you back at some stage you know that's unreal man that's yeah. i got a a horrible flashback when you said about um not being able to see the led on your pedal i remember when i was like jesus i must have been like 14 or something I was playing uh, guitar in a band and I, it was like an outdoor kind of gig, like in a tent. And I was using one of those, do you remember the Zoom, like the 7072, like the red LED thing on it. And I would like, I had so many different effects that I would go through um, mid song because, you know, I have this, uh, like (laughs) in my eyes, amazing multi-effects pedal that is an absolute piece of shit. But, I hadn't a clue what one it was on. I had to actually figure it out by going wrong. So like if it went into a heavier part, I could just go into something that had like <laughs> completely reverbed out. And I was like, what fuck shit? Did you see any bands then yourself after the performance, Joe? Uh, yeah, who did? Um, we were clashing with Creator and Godflesh, so I didn't see any of them, um, okay. unfortunately. So Alice Cooper, Nine Inch Nails, a uh, bit wow. of ministry. Um, Unreal, yeah. Uh, Alice so, Cooper, what was that like? Alice Cooper was amazing. 
really, really good. That's... You know, for like a for a guy I hadn't seen him in years, and he was much better than the last time I saw him. You know, yeah. Um, I think he's one of those guys, just kind of like he's he, he's sort of supposed to be playing a really old kind of evil looking guy, and now he fits. He looks, <laughs> he looks the bill, like, you know? grown into his persona. Mm, like. Yeah. It's like you know Bob Dylan always was going on like an old grumpy guy, and now he's an old no, grumpy is. guy. So it's like, hey. yeah, I'm watching a thing on YouTube actually. If you get a chance to watch it, it's called No Cover, and Alice Cooper's oh, one of the Sumerian Records thing. Yeah, it's really really entertaining. You know, um, yeah. he is anyway. He is anyway. Your man Gavin Bush is a dick. There's a few others. But uh, it's, you know, it's, it's quite good. And, I, and I'm just genuinely shocked at how fresh Alice Cooper is in it. And I'm, you're just watching it for his reaction for each band and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Nice. Danielle, you made your drumming debut as well in Hellfest. Congratulations. <laughs> I already remember that very clearly. I, it was afterwards. I just seen it and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's been a busy few months, all right, with gigs. There's been a lot going on. Um, what was the crack with that thing with the kit? At? They were just um, selling sticks and you could test them. And it was so funny, actually, because we were just going into the arena and uh, the guy that was running the stall just sat down to eat his lunch on the drum stool. And I came back and I was like, hey, can I play the drums? <laughs> and he, was, he literally goes... And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'll come back. I'll come back. It's fine. And he was like, no, you can play. <laughs> <laughs> like a little sister or something like a You can play, like go on. Yeah. The yeah. ending of that drum solo. Wow. Impressive. Oh, it was sick. Yeah. yeah I know. Pretty good. Uh, um, I've talked to you about drums so much, but I'd never gotten to actually see you play. No, I must have. Oh, yeah. is it like fucking seven o'clock in the morning? We just get this message into the group chat. And I was like, <laughs> what is this going to be? <laughs> yeah. And I, it, it didn't even come from me. It came from Richie. And yeah, Richie, yeah, you yeah. got it through other sources. I don't even yeah, know. I'm not going to name my sources. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Needless yeah. to say, I just was going, oh my God, this is just class. Yeah. So how um, was the Hellfest for you, Danielle? I mean fucking brilliant um mm. hot though i was there the week i was there the week before uh joe was so i wasn't there the same weekend as Gamble. Oh, weren't you? okay no unfortunately um but i was there the, the weekend it was like hit 44 degrees wow. so that was that's Ooh. intense especially there like it was intense like you couldn't go see bands during the day or anything really really um I couldn't anyway. Like you couldn't stand and watch Ben in forty-four degrees baiting down top of you. Like people who were running the festival in Ireland for um, an hour. How did you get away with? Like none of us got burnt because we were all going around spraying each other with fifty factor fifty. Like we were just like, yeah, like one of the lads fell fell asleep in the sun. I ran over and like sprayed him and just let him sleep. And we were looking after each other kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, but no, you was, could kind of go to the valley and alter all those because they were covered. But then again, is it just as intense? It's and when, when everybody crowds crowd in. Yeah. Um, oh, there was and everything as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't too bad. I didn't miss, I didn't, I, I didn't go look back at the bands I missed because I would be too sad if I look back and be like, fuck it, I miss them. Um, That's always going to happen. See, yeah. But I seen loads of bands anyway and I was happy out. So, favorite few? Any ones to roll okay. off the tongue? Uh, Deftones were class. Um, they were fucking brilliant. Um, Corn were class. Um, who else now? Um, Sepatura were unreal. Yeah, they're, um, you just have they're to see them really, live. really good. Like, and I'm I keep telling people to watch them live. Yeah, Drummer played. I he 
he broke his leg recently, Eloy Casagrande. Uh, broke his right leg. So I think for that gig, either he used his weaker, his left foot on the left slave pedal, or it was one of the gigs that he had like a very, very, very low tuned um, bass drum that he like used as if it was a floor tom wow. instead. Like he just mixed the two. Okay. Like that's. The, the ingenuity to be able to be like, I'm going to play these songs and just improvise what I have. Literally lose a limb and still yeah. be probably one of the best drummers at that entire festival. Like, yeah. Um, Gajira were fucking amazing. Oh my they God. Like, they played they as headlined. Well. They headlined. Um, wow. So they completely, I think it was such a great idea to have them fill in mm. for a headliner just because they were able, they obviously had the crowd in their hands because they're French. Yeah. Um, and they were well able for it. They yeah. really stood up to the to the plate. Um, They're at that yeah. success level now. To be fair, they are. I think they you, are. Yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. You couldn't deny um, a headline slot, really. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else that I seen that was um, Rotten Christ for class. They're ah, always brilliant. Um, Red Fang. Oh, brilliant. I love Red Fang. Yeah. Um, did they did they get a main stage slot now, or they still no, in the valley? No, they were in the valley. Stage, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Were, I'd they, rather see them there, being truthful. Yeah, I seen them on main stage at Hellfest before, and I think the valley suits them better. Yeah. Um, that kind of atmosphere. Mastodon were there, and I thought they would have been better suited to like the valley or somewhere like that. They were on oh. main stage, and they played like a lot of new songs. Like everyone thought they were brilliant. They were no, no fantastic, but um, just. I didn't think their set list flowed well for a okay. for a festival. It was all mm. new stuff. Ah, oh, shit. Um, yeah. That's which the I problem, thought, isn't it? Yeah. Well, so they're trying to promote that, I guess. Like, you're kind of... Yeah. That's it, like, yeah. The new album comes out, that's what they're... Everyone wants the hits, but, you know, you got to make them hits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, did you kind of get to see Fate No More? Whoa. Fate No More weren't there, they pull out. What? Really? Okay. No, he pulled out of their whole European tour because oh, yeah. um, Mike Patton. His voice. Oh. He's me- no, he's meant. He's kind of having oh, uh, mental thing. illness. Yeah. Um, he's kind Fair of going through some stuff. That was yeah. that was a good while ago. That was about yeah, eight, that nine now, months right. ago. Um, so I was sickened that they pulled out, but it was Gajira filled in. Or they they were already on the bill, but they were brought up to headliner. Yeah. yeah. Um, Deftones. Oh Jesus! They didn't pull a big crowd for headliner. What? Um, no. Um, well, it's only really like because Steph, eh, he stayed at home. He's not ready to travel um, COVID wise and whatever other conspiracy stuff he has. Yeah. Um, and then they have a fill in bassist because of all the thing with um, Sergio. Like they were like, he was never technically a full time member. Um, and he was just like, no, look here. This is this is bollocks. There's so it was only really um Frank, Abe, and Chino, like the actual remembrance death tones. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. you get to see Perkbader? No, they no? um Perkbader were on um they were on before Gajira. Yeah, they were on before Gajira oh, and after corn and they oh, kind of yeah. We were right at the main stage, and to get there and to get back, we wouldn't have made it back in time for Jira. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But we just said we'd stay where we were. Um, I don't think we were in any fit state to move anyway. So, <laughs> um, yeah. 
Um, Joe, I wanted to know about um, you played in 2013 and you played yep. now. Um, what kind of was the difference between like, like have you seen a mad progression or? Actually, the, the out the front part of it is 99% the same. So it is, yeah. it is you know, yeah. they still have the two big stages and then the two big hangers beside them. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the back the backstage area used to be kind of a lot more. There would be little bars and you know, like kind of gardens and stuff you could hang around in. And it's not like that at all anymore. It's just one kind of big street with like porta cabins the whole way up it, and there'll be like bands' dressing rooms or production offices. And then there's like a big kind of four story kind of rise kind of thing, and that's where like the bar and the the food place is. But yeah, like it's it's so huge now. I think back then it was probably maybe about seventy thousand people or sixty thousand people, you know. And now it's yeah. like Is this the biggest festival in Europe? It must be, is well, it? And Wacken no. kinda you Wacken know is, Wacken would be running a close, <clears> I think. The thing is that Wacken doesn't Metal, have yeah. the same capacity at a main stage, I don't think, you know. Okay. Like the main stage at yeah. Hellfest is bigger. So Hellfest um, is like what as well now? It's with like there's like what three days or four days in between the two things isn't there yeah, like that was just this is one year though. that was just the one that was just one and it was their 15th yeah, yeah. year of it so they won't i don't know if they'll do it again because that's uh, like if anyone did the the entire thing and stay that's like money wise that's insane yeah. i know yeah. loads of people that did it and uh the first night we were in nantes i don't know do you know a guy called wes richie uh, he's fucking a legend. The lads knew him anyway. He's living uh, abroad. Uh, so we met him in Nantes and they were, himself and his friend were going to go camping. This is the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We were staying in a hotel that night. Yeah. And uh, he himself and his friend were like, yeah, we're camping for the full 12 days. Oh. I was like, what? Oh. And he was like, yeah. Um, but he, anyway, we ended up like myself and some of the lads that went over ended up drinking with them. And should they end up staying on our hotel floor that night? Like, because yeah. they, they missed the last train. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they did the full. Wow. Fucking hell. Did, uh, no, Connor didn't shout out to Connor as well. I think he went, he, he went out and then flew back and then flew out again. He, yeah, he wasn't camping mm. either. Um, the amount of cans, like, oh. I'm just thinking of going to like knocking, socking and stuff. <laughs> it's like three days worth of cans. I'm like, Going yeah. in with some days, I'm presuming there's like a there's a big little and yeah, like a big, big supermarket. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a huge little, it's the shark. It's yeah. like a, it's almost like a Walmart. Mm, and they're unbelievably yeah, yeah. sound about like you know if you're camping there and stuff like that. I don't think you can bring glass in, but you're allowed to bring your own booze into the no, arena. No, you can bring glass. Sort of oh, you know? not not into the arena. Yeah, yeah, but you can bring glasses. What were you drinking over there, Danielle? And how much was it? Blood. Um, um, I kind of had a mixture. Do you know sometimes like when you drink something and just the first night just turns your stomach a bit? I drank a yeah. bottle of Malibu the first day and I think it was like nine, nine euro or something. Um, okay. Then the next day I was like, okay, I'll try something else. And I got like a bottle of mojito mix and it was septic. I couldn't drink it. And I got a, bo- and I got a bottle of wine and I drank that. Um, the lads were all getting bags of wine um so oh, like the yes, wine, of course yeah yeah the wine range from like 250 it went range from like 250 to like 10 euro or something like that yeah, the wine is boxes, so cheap had like boxes of a uh, boxes of red and rosé wine for four quid look yeah yeah for like, like three liters reason, people can in that heat, their mind, 
Like in that oh, heat, I feel oh. like it just turned back into a fucking grape. Oh <laughs> yeah, like you'd wait, you wake up in the mor- morning and the lads would have their b- bags of wine around the place and you'd just pick one up and just... Chug away, yeah, yeah. Chug <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the but, only uh, festival I was ever at where I was just constantly getting pissed off my head drinking wine. Yeah, <laughs> I um, I went back to the good old trusty vodka though. At the end, by the end of it, um, it just let me down. But inside there, the pints were like about six something for a pint. Not um, too bad for a festival, like you can get a pitcher for like is it sixteen euro? Yeah. Mm. And then somebody all it takes is one guy to hit off in your fucking half but it's gone yeah and yeah. it's warm then in like fucking 20 minutes with that temperature yeah, yeah. drinking cider at festivals oh I made some bad mistakes in the past like <laughs> it was Bulmers yeah I, uh, I was going through it back then like you know <laughs> yeah. it came up like I, there was you know there's no bits in Druids but it definitely felt like after a while, it was like orange juice with bits in it. Oh, Jesus. Okay, look, um, that's, that's great that everybody managed to get to see what they wanted to see over in Hellfest. And I got to see Worn Out and Crow Mags in Limerick. And the Crypto Drift is coming up soon, and I'll be meeting up with Joe for that. That sounds fucking class. Yeah, the slug has to yeah, Absolutely second. gutted, but what yeah. can you do? I got it's to see them in Galway. They were yeah. amazing in Galway. In Galway. Yeah. They were, yeah. They Their were really good. Kevin really nailed it. He did. Yeah, it was fucking mm-hmm. class. Um, one gig I have to shout out. Well, too, that yeah. I've been to, actually, I've been to a few. So I was in at MGLA in Dolan's, and that was brilliant, packed. But I seen Conan in Dolan's, and it was fucking unreal. Yeah. Absolutely deadly. Elder Druid, Grief Eater, and Third Island Squad. Oh, I was wearing holidays for that. My God, what a lineup. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely savage. So I just wanted to shout out Bad Rip there. That was yeah, one sure. of the best gigs I've, I've been and was at. Was it well attended? Um, there was, ah. I thought there'd be more, but MGLA was the weekend before. So maybe that took from it. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, they, they deserved a bigger crowd for. But it was, was still the main stage. Yep, it was in the warehouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it was absolutely brilliant. It's kind of uh, the same with with Cro-Mags. Disappointing enough crowd. Like, oh was really? It a Thursday or something? Cro-Mags or was it a Friday? Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm not sure the exact. Like, it wasn't. You know, empty or anything. No, far from it. It was like far it's a three quarters full. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's like you kind of expect to be like well. <laughs> Come on, it's fucking, it's Cro-Mags. Like, it should be absolutely... Oh, you, you, I thought yeah, exactly. it would be... Fuck's sake, so did I, you know? Weird. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, that's one before, because he played for Aston Fireland, Joe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Indeed. How'd that go? Yeah, it was great. Great old crack. Definitely, like, more of a, you know, kind of core... Black cord flares and cord jacket type <laughs> rocker <laughs> evening lads with wispy beards. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> So, but it, like it was grand. Like um, it was us and Night Demon uh, supporting Brian Downey mm, from okay. Tennessee. And he was fucking unbelievably glass. Like really, yeah. really good. Never got to like, see them. I, they'll probably be around. Like I know he's mm. touring around the country and stuff. But man, for a guy who's like seventy three or four, he's massively on top of the game. Like you know, yeah, really, really. And good. the guy that was singing as Phil in it, good, yeah, uh, yeah, brilliant. Looked nice. like Phil. Sounded like Phil. That's like, really want. cool. Had a 
had really uh, class platforms and flares on as well. So wow. oh, thank God. cool fashion uh, plus. But yeah, so um, <laughs> I think uh, like it was definitely very ambitious of Jarvis putting it on up there, you know, because it's it is like it'd be like doing something like that in Cork. You would yeah. hope for you know a really good turnout, but like you'd be no by no means guaranteed one. Mm-hmm. So uh, the day that we were there, there was probably about uh, 80 or 90 people there. Um, so like I was pretty good. And then the next day, I think they had maybe like about 130 or 40. Yeah. Had some people coming up from Dublin to go and see Midnight. And oh, whatever yeah. else was on that day, you know. Yeah, still. I'm not about but, the venue itself, Joe. Yeah, it's an amazing Sound venue. excellent. Yeah, really, really, really good. Um. As I said, it's one of those kind of gigs like where you're doing a support slot like that. You're kind of you're playing to people who aren't, you know, generally your fans. So they're not going to be going totally nuts. It was a lot of people with their arms folded, you know, checking <laughs> checking you out to see if they like you or not, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, like one people over and I uh, had a great old crack, got absolutely smashed afterwards <laughs> about listening to Thin Lizzy. So ah, of course, man. Yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. So, in your own opinion, do you think there'll be a Frost and Foreland 2023? Uh, yeah, I'd say there will. Good. You know, because I think a lot of it is to do with, uh, you know, the thought that because Maiden was the same week that there would be tons and tons of people coming to Ireland for Maiden, you know. Okay. Yeah. And again, what we're talking about, people have no money, you know, so. Hmm. I think if if they had of like Midnight and Night Demon were definitely a big draw, you know, and drawing people up for the second day of it, but they'd probably need to think about trying to get, I don't know, I'm not even sure what kind of band you want, like maybe someone like Saxon headlining, you know, mm-hmm. and you're definitely guaranteed to get like four or five hundred people there, you know. Or Green Lung, maybe. Um, well... I don't know. Like I, I, th- I think they're a totally class band, but I don't know if they would necessarily be able to just come to Ireland for the first time and, you know, play for that many people. Actually, no, they played at the Siege, did they last year? Or... No, no, they no, were supposed to play. Fine, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So hopefully, fingers crossed, um, there'll be a, a second for Frost and Ireland, and it yeah. won't be in Greece. Definitely, man. Yeah, I think part of the problem with it, kind of as well, is that they're so focused on like old school sound and bands and stuff like that, that they might think generally of someone like Green Lung or Worn Out or, you know, the kind of bands that you're putting on down in Korkiv, you know, who definitely draw loads of people. Yeah, They're kind of more relying on older people or people who are getting into old school music, you know. And yeah, they're yeah. relying on people probably to travel from England to go across to it and come up from Dublin as well. Yeah, and like people are arty about that, you know, like you would get... You know the way occasionally what you'll get is a band will come and play Belfast and Limerick or something and they'll not come to Dublin and people from Dublin are the worst for just being all like, I'm not traveling, you know, why should I whenever everything comes here, you know? Mm. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. So I think we've done the last section of the show at the first section. But anyway, it's all good. We have Have four songs to review or just even to talk about and shout out. Uh, The first band is Asylum Road and they're actually from Derry so it's said uh, Darren Walsh Ryan Campbell Dylan Kelly Aaron McDade and Ronan Gallagher so Dylan said about the band the band started at a house party when me and the former vocalist at the time started talking about how we used to play music together and should get back at it he mentioned he knew a bass player called Darren and I asked Ryan and Ron to join me from there things didn't work out unfortunately with the vocalist and I contacted Darren as I said as he had recently asked me to start a project with him the band members clicked immediately and brought many different musical 
backgrounds and inspirations to the band, allowing for a very diverse approach to creating music. There's a lot of influences from different artists within the band, from classic bands like Black Sabbath, Death and Pantera, to more modern bands like Tesseract, Bring Me the Horizon and Architects. It's a nice mix of new and old. So the album is called Changing of the Tide. Uh, it's not out yet. Uh, and that this is the song from the title of the album. Uh, there's two other singles out called Blind Eye Genocide and Circling the Drain. I think he had a song called Circling We have a song called Jay. Blind Eye and we have a song it's called Circling Circle the Drain. Drain. <laughs> it's really worn out it's in the actually, skies. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so here it is, Changing of the Tide. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's Asylum Road. The track is Changing of the Tide. Joe, uh, did you enjoy it? Yeah, well, like I think uh, it's definitely seems like their first uh, first demo, um, but like really surprisingly kind of tight bass and guitar playing, mm-hmm. you know, and the production sound on the bass and guitar is killer. Like it really sounds beyond first first demo kind of sounding. Um, like the drums do sound very programmed. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they were just like completely triggered or programmed or whatever, because it sounds very repetitive and like cut and pasty in places, you know. They do um, have a, dr- a drummer, like Ronan. Uh, yep. Nice. I could be wrong about that. They, maybe, maybe they did, uh, and it's just been mixed to sound that way. But it does. It sounds. Mm. It sounds very programmed or triggered. I like the vocalists um, actually. I like the vocals. I thought were like there's a lot of personality in it. Mm. But again, it's like the guitars and the bass sounded so kind of advanced, like as in the the sort of thing you would hear on a modern record. Whereas the drums or drum uh, drum arrangements and stuff and the vocals definitely made it seem more like a demo, you know. Yeah. Uh, but raw. there's lots of personality there in the in yeah. the vocals and stuff, and uh, I think it's brilliant seeing bands popping up in places like Derry doing this because, yeah. yeah, like, like the last sort of even alternative-ish metal band that I would have known from there would have been the Evangelists, and that's a long time ago. Oh, so. Jesus! Okay. So it'd be great, uh, great to see uh, more stuff from from these guys and. Um, Keep, keep it up. Yeah, as I said, um, the album isn't out yet, but uh, uh, Daniel? Um, yeah, I thought the, the opening referee reminded me of Avenged Sevenfold, um, which I thought was cool. Um, I think there's a lot of potential in this band, um, but I, I think that I kind of felt listening to that the, the vocals were really good, but they just weren't mixed right with the guitar and bass. Like they just weren't on the same level. Like they were just a bit too raw. Mm. Uh, compared to the guitar base, um, but no, I think it's for first first um, demo. It's really really good, um, and I think I listened to their other song as well as a Blind Eye Genocide. Yeah, um, and I think they're some of their stuff is kind of a bit generic, and I think they have the ability to be a bit more unique. So mm-hmm. I'd like to see where they go for an X record, but. Um, yeah. It's really like good you can st- kind of hear the influences, all right, especially yeah, kind of Pantera. Can... Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a really good entry point. Jeez, yeah. Um, mm. But definitely feed into their um, feed into their kind of uniqueness a bit more. Yeah. Okay. Kind of... Sam. Yeah, I, I actually I would echo a lot of that. I think um, there there's a kind of like a machine head vibe to it. Um, like as Joe was saying earlier like with production on a lot of stuff um like there's kind of a push and pull that some parts work together again the drums either they're programmed or played an electric kit or it's triggered but i think my main thing listening to it is that like there is a lot of potential and there's just something that i find younger bands i'm just when i say younger band i don't it doesn't matter their actual age but like you know new bands starting out now is they want to almost jump to an album yeah. where I feel like if they, because you can hear there's a lot of songwriting capabilities in there. Mm. If they focused on maybe a four track EP or do a single and all the time that they would have done on a, on an album can condense that down yeah. into one thing, get that absolutely perfect. Yeah. And then, spot on. I agree. You know, yeah. and as, as your sound naturally grows, 
time will tell you when you're to do an album instead of because I feel like I haven't listened to any of the other songs now but I feel like it could be a thing of like this is just what we have right now at the start do you know like I feel like they're above demo quality but it's lower than anything that should be considered an album but there's there's a lot of potential in yeah. that for the for the very start okay know? cool okay we move on to the second song uh, Pure Sonic Outcasts uh, the song is Mud Larker shout out to Steve my pal on guitars Martin as uh, the guitar vocalist Luke on bass and Graham on drums the lads play the play a fuzzed out distorted slow sometimes fast and always heavy and aggressive form of metal strong harmonies lyrics and riffs make this band the most to listen to for fans of heavy, stoner, doom, metal, punk, and hardcore like. The new release is Endless Contemplation. It's an EP, and it's released through Kingsize Records. Josh did the production on it, and Wayne did a lot of work with the lads on videos and pictures. So if you're a fan of Sludge or Doomerang, Slower and Dingy, definitely check out Pure Sonic Outcasts. I deliberately picked this song, um, it's an instrumental because, I mean, it's just different in relation to the other songs. And uh, as I said, it's called Modularker.
that's pure sonic outcasts uh you can see that they wear their influences there on a sleeve uh joe yeah um i was actually quite surprised by this um i don't know i thought uh, they were going to be a very different sounding band i didn't think that they would have that kind of sabbathy doomy vibe yeah. at all really liked um the artwork and production seemed very organic beautiful, you yeah. know like yeah. the scene, it seemed very like made made here you know didn't have that kind of you know go and get something done online it seemed like a local artist or someone that the band knew and the same mm. with the kind of mix and stuff um it's kind of it's hard to tell sometimes with the instrumental things like that because as much as yeah it is an instrumental track it's also like one of those kind of plaudy it could nearly be like the intro or outro to a song you know mm-hmm. yeah um, usually for instrumentals you get you expect some form of a the, you know the tune to go somewhere and do something <laughs> yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah, really yeah, do yeah, that yeah. it's there's like a sodom song called procession to Golgothia, and it reminded me really of that actually there you go yeah but yeah, uh yeah. obviously in that kind of like sabbathy konami vibe you know mm. so but if that's the path they're going down like i think it's great to see that kind of thing happening because richie you would remember back in the late 90s bill steer at a band called firebird who oh, were doing kind of 70 stuff like sure. that and yeah, got very much ignored you know like mm. that kind of died to death so that kind of stuff's coming back around then more pl- more part of them and you know it's one of those kind of the cult kind of names isn't it so yeah on them. yeah it is yeah and it is very different to their other stuff and i just thought yeah i'll just throw that in and see what you thought of it uh daniel I was. I thought it would have been the band that picked the song, and I was going to say, "Why did they give us this song?" I'd much prefer their other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's you. I have to give out to so Richie. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, no, no, it, it, it is good, and I think it's it's a grower of a song as well. Mm. Um, uh, you kind of get into it more the more you listen to it. But I really like their other stuff as well. I, yeah. Really, really cool. They're um, kind of punky as well, and um, yeah, um, yeah, really punchy good. snare. Yeah. Uh, Evan, did you think? It's tuned a little lower than what I, but I have mine like ar- tuned arrogantly high. But yeah. for for that, it sits perfectly in the mix. Like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, so yeah, thumbs so up. this is their second EP. Yeah, so they released the first EP, Reflections of This Present Condition, in two thousand and twenty. They have two singles out. This is the second EP, and again, I, you know, I'm a massive fan of them. I, I haven't seen them live yet, and they're really active as a band in relation to promoting themselves doing online gigs i said they're from belfast keep an eye out from ever did you yeah like see with this song i think you fucked them over (laughs) (laughs) so i love picking curveballs you know what i mean i I, I love ruining the band's reputation (laughs) (laughs) my thing is like i've i've heard some of their other stuff that they've put out and it does have that like punkier kind of mm. like fuzzy hardcore almost it vibe. is yeah that's fair um, enough, yeah. so like here in this i feel like this was intended to be an almost interlude so i i can nearly guarantee not that they don't like the song but they're like but that, like <laughs> why did you pick that one like there's i remember the the one like the first time that i heard them i kind of i saw their name come up a good bit mm. I'm always but, plugging them. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing. Like they are, they're very active. They know, like you know, they're they're gigging a lot, um, and they're definitely someone that I want to see live. I always probably just an ignorant thing on my part, but when I saw the name Pure Sonic Outcasts, I thought they were like a very young band. I don't mm-hmm. know why, just because mm-hmm. of the name, 
But then when I listened to them, I was very surprised. I don't know what it is um, about the name, but I just thought they were like really young. Mm. But the kind of trashier, more punky sound that they have, I think is great. Yeah. Uh, with this, yeah. it's a great track, but um, I think it's probably meant to be in the context of the EP itself rather than a standalone thing. Oh, yeah. Like they were never going to release that as a single, but as I yeah, said... Yeah, so we I, might I as just... well review it so everyone can fucking hear what they yeah. don't intend to be heard on its own. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll move on to Rope Skelex. Rope Scalectrics. Nah, I thought it was Scalectrics as well, having the old uh, Scalectrics when I was young. So Rope Skelex. It's a solo project by Dan Clark, exploring themes like science fiction, space, horror, Mechanized Infantry combines the best elements of trash with brutally heavy death metal to create an adrenaline pumping record guaranteed to everybody on the edge of their seat. So he's, he's very prolific now. Like he's got two albums, five EPs and three singles since 2019. Jesus fuck. Is he during yeah. lockdown? Yeah. So Mechanized Infantry is a single and it also contains another two tracks as well uh, on the CD called Orbital Cannon and Auto Security Laser Dissection, all for the princely sum of two pounds on Bandcamp. So we'll do this. Listen to
Al from Ministry should be recruiting him, Joe. I reckon as a guitarist. Comment. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, talk to me about it. Me? Joe. Yeah, mechanized um, infantry. I didn't like this really, so I didn't. Okay. Uh, now it's there were elements of it I thought maybe Danielle, you might agree, this kind of sounded a bit like Static X or something, or like Coal Chamber in places yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So like definitely. I think if this was like 1997 or something, there's a big 90s vibe off that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Now what I really I thought the artwork and the design and stuff looked really yeah, really cool. cool. And yeah. like whenever I saw that, I was expecting to hear something kind of different, but mm-hmm. um. It like it does. Re- it seems like a one man job, like you know, um, which it is. Which it is, yeah. yeah. So like, you know, whatever about the production on the drums and the guitars and all that sort of stuff, or you know, be they real or be they mechanized themselves, like you know. <laughs> but like, I don't know. The like the singing didn't sound didn't sound great or very inspired. It sounded kind of distorted and like it's some in some places like in that ministry thing, it can sound really cool like that. But uh, it sounded here like there was a bit of a lack of confidence in the singing, you know. Um, it definitely wasn't deliberately made that way. I well, think. I don't know. Like, I, like he can, I'm sure, tell us to himself. Like, if the guy's done a couple of albums and a couple of EPs and stuff, he obviously has a style that he is I, I think settled that's, with. Yeah, I think like, that's I, the kind of I find idea. coming in out of 10 that, I, like, musically, it doesn't really appeal to me. Mm. Maybe... Like Danielle, if people who are more into new metal mightn't have as much of agreements with the singing as I do, you know. Yeah, fair enough, Danielle. Yeah, I think like when I heard it, I thought this is raw. It's unapologetically what it is. It it's not trying to be something yeah. different, um, which I liked that about it. Um, mm. And it, for a one man project, I think you know, I think it's good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of, it, it can go a lot of places, but I, I think it knows exactly, like he knows exactly what he's trying to get out of it. And I think he's, he's getting that. Yeah. Um, I had it on the so, car and it was perfect. just like fucking class, you know, just yeah. nice riffage. He, he, he understands what a good riff is. Yeah. You no, know, and nice combination. But again, I, I think I'm giving him the benefit of doubt here. Two albums and five EPs. I think he's settled on that sound, and that's, mm, just, that's yep. the style he wants to progress with. But uh, I don't know. Ev, uh, it definitely reminded me of like early two thousands kind of like almost action horror movie part where the hero is walking into where the vampire <laughs> like, but it's actually a fucking like vampire sex club. <laughs> and this song is playing when he walks in. There's people on chain. about Blade, Evan? Yeah, pretty much like Blade, <laughs> but it was like like what Joe was saying about like the new metal thing. I think it's like the oh. offcuts of new metal that hmm. don't translate now anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, the, that's, that's, that's interesting, like yeah. The overly rhythmical. It was that thing of like, and not to downplay his playing or anything like that. Things don't have to be technical or anything like that. But it was that time um, where people discovered drop tuning and it wasn't about like, it was just more about like a rhythm of between one note and open. And you can hear he's kind of matching it with um, uh, with the vocals as well. Like, I, I don't think it was, it, it, it wasn't for me. Um, there will be people that absolutely love that, but I feel like it was just 
I hate, I don't want to call it immature either, but I guess I am calling it like there's an immaturity to it. I feel like, um, I don't know, it just, it didn't, even songwriting and stuff wise, like it was just very, like it probably didn't take long to put everything <laughs> together. I don't, I hate to sound like an asshole, but I I'm like, you know, that, that's, that's his thing. And fair play to him. Cause as you were saying, he definitely has his, style i just feel like it's like because there's a lot of like a new metal resurgence things go in 20 years like whatever was cool ago 20 years ago is probably making its way back mm. and it is in a lot of modern stuff but that aspect to it is gone there's the there's other aspects that have come back like the the stronger things and i just feel like that kind of sound was the weaker part that people pretend they didn't like when they were 10 but probably did whereas i didn't <laughs> yeah okay cool last band is unmaker from dublin there's two singles out already control and limb from limb uh, you can check them out on spotify the members are aaron on vocals uh, sean on guitar spencer on bass and jake on drums so this track was mixed and mastered by Tracks Mix Recording Studio, which is Michael Richards, as we all know. They've had a few gigs under their belt. They did well in Metal to the Masses, a few support shows as well. They were having their own headline show in Fibber McGee's on July the 2nd with Organ Blender and War of Attrition. So this track is called To War.
sun maker, the production shines through there straight away, Joe. Uh, yep, pretty a uh, pretty killer killer production, killer mix and stuff. Um, like sometimes the <laughs> the only thing I'd say about some of the down down tuned chuggy stuff like this is that like a lot of the times you're tuning the guitars down and they're henceforth going to sound muddier and then they go for like a super bright kind of fizzy angle type sound you know and like i think it can sound <coughs> sound i don't know it can kind of take something away from the drums sometimes because in that specifically like even though i thought it sounded a uh, great production wise the mix was a wee bit um the drums and uh the guitars were way too low in the mix like the vocals were much too high in the mix and the drums didn't really seem to have a lot of oof behind them you know they're very um um i know very modern sounding and like i think a lot of people would really really like that but you you always kind of sort of think to say who who are the fans that this band are going to be trying to get are they trying to please people who like lama god or creator or both or or what you know so like it's a very very modern modern sound and i could see that sort of thing doing well it's just it's it's not really a niche sort of market so it's very very difficult to try and get yourself over to you know fm radio radio one kind of metal fans you know yeah i mean they're definitely in the same league as psychosis saying slaughter straight away there with that yeah i think the thing is that seeing slaughter and psychosis to some extent have a bit of a captive audience because all the denim jacket brigade who like 80s bands are going to immediately like those bands because they sound 80s you know mm. whereas like trying to appeal like a big band like uh lama god or macedon or you know someone who have fast bits in their songs and down tune chugging like these guys uh, they're so popular that it's it's very hard to cast the net that wide you know which is mm. something we've talked about a bit before in this but i think they sound really 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 pro um but like the, my main hang up with it would probably be the vocals, and I think that sometimes it can just sound a little bit, a uh, little bit like every other shouty singer, you know. Mm. Um, and there probably is a way of doing that and getting a bit of the accent across as well, like you know. Yeah, because like in some ways, like Fontaine's DC and stuff are are quite shouty band, but you can definitely hear you know a bit of where the from where they're from in it, can't you? So it's kind of too polished. Uh, yeah, maybe, but like that's not to take away anything from yeah. the the lads playing or mm. you know the the mixer production or whatever, because obviously those are just personal choices, you know. Yeah, so I think it's a really good song. It was pretty catchy, uh, Danielle. It was super fun. Mm. I had great fun listening to it. Um, my only grievance with it was the go at the start. <laughs> <laughs> that was my only grievance, really. Um, it kind of reminded me, not so much vocals, but kind of reminded me of early Bullet for My Valentine kind of vibes in there. Um, so yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but I suppose that's the question, like what kind of an audience are they going for? Um, I think it sounds like, it sounds like a good band that I would have come across like with free CD with Metal Hammer back in 2006. Yeah. yeah. Um, and thought, Jesus, these are really, really good. Um, so I suppose, look, I suppose you don't really always have to think of who's my audience. They obviously have an audience. They made it to the final, didn't they, of Metal to Masses? They did, yeah. So they obviously have their audience. Um, I suppose, yeah, I think, I think um, I'd like to see them live actually I think they'd be really yeah. fun as far as I know actually it's an album that's coming out by them is it? So, yeah yeah I really like these guys um, I think they're one of those bands that um, they capitalised well 
on the push that they got from Metal to the Masses that, you know, instead of doing that competition and then not winning and just kind of sitting back, sitting back and waiting for the next thing, they, they do seem to be to be pushing it. And I admire that a lot. Um, I know some of the guys were in a band. I can't remember the fucking name. I know Mikey from Pain and Vain. Shout out, Mikey. Yeah. He was um, the vocalist, but they did have that like kind of <clears throat> that metalcore, like early 2000s metalcore vibe. So I can see, Danielle, where you're getting that, you know, like the bullet for my Valentine thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually just really excited to see what kind of, <laughs> what these lads can do I think like over the years as well um, their songwriting and playing will will only get better uh, mm. they have that like it. it is it's like they want to be a metalcore band but also there's a, like a level of trash to it as oh, well so absolutely I think yeah definitely I think there's a lot that they can can do like production wise and stuff yeah great you know it's a lot of it mightn't be my exact thing that I want but um, at, at the end of the day they're a young band now that I'm happy to see are, you know, taking advantage of a push that they might have got with the metal to the masses and they're capitalizing on it. And I hope I hope they get bigger and bigger, you know, because they seem to want to do it. And it's always great to see because yeah. a lot of bands will do that metal to the masses thing and then you don't hear about them. Because mm. it's like if if you lose, it's like yeah. There isn't really a, a, a loser in those competitions because like I think Oren said it as well in the past. It's like you you really don't lose because the amount of people that you play to. And yeah. I think they've kind of I think Oren did the artwork for him as well. So that was a clever move. Yeah, I I, <clears throat> I think Oren's doing PR for them or I I know I've seen him post yeah. stuff about him. But you know, like straight away there's contacts he can make and, and stuff. the fact that they're from Dublin they'll definitely get plenty of gigs to play around Dublin and probably outside of Dublin yeah, keep an eye on them definitely. and the fact that we're on about Dublin the main topic of tonight is really about bands and fans travelling around the country to see gigs the positive and negatives the expenses is definitely coming to the fore on a lot of the news channels lately as well in relation to going up to Dublin to see a gig, what hotels are charging, it's fucking absolutely obscene. A lot of people now are just driving up and driving back down. Uh, I don't know what the situation is with it in Belfast, Joe. You might be able to give us an insight into the punter going up to see, we'll say, our maiden in, in Belfast. What do they expect to pay in relation to hotels? Maybe you might be able to give us an insight to that, but... It's certainly a worrying aspect for the metal community in general that they're expected to pay out serious money um, in relation to trains up. If you're not from Dublin, like, for example, Green Day played in Dublin and we have Guns N' Roses as well. How much is that going to cost the punter to go and see him if they're not from Dublin? So One of my friends was at uh, the Eagles on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it was uh, 290 for a double room in Dublin. Fuck. That was, that was going on there, like, you know. That was cheap. Skyscanner and then looking on hotels and just seeing what what was available. And that was the cheapest that you could get was two, 290 a night, you know. Yeah. So it's it's crazy. Like, um, 
and you know what like there was a long long time where there was very little transport around and like you know obviously back in the drink driving days lads were just getting into cars and going to Athlone to go and see Thin Lizzy and then driving back to wherever look but yeah like about 10 years ago they started doing the all night buses between Belfast and Dublin and Cork and stuff like that so theoretically if you were in Cork and you wanted to go and see whoever was like Soundgarden you could get the bus up go to the gig and then get a bus back to Cork at like two in the morning and they've stopped mm-hmm. doing all that since COVID look you know so well yeah. they still do the um, Cork to Dublin it's like the air coach probably the air coach yeah like I'm yeah. going up to see Gate Creeper on the 8th of July with Baylor and Fraught um, I'm going up with Jack but but it's just it's just that one isn't it like it's the same yeah, there's one the going thing. There's, there's one going from Belfast uh, or from Dublin to Belfast stopping in Newry, but mm. it leaves at like one o'clock. Whereas mm. for year for years there there was one at like three o'clock and five o'clock and yeah, et cetera, et cetera, you know. We've um, missed the last bus. Um yeah, you're doing yep. before. Also, the last time we played in Dublin, we were like they changed where the air coach is. It's like down the way and this like leading up to this gig like we had our van everything that's a whole other story with how much that shit costs um we ended up having to just bring our breakables on a bus just so we didn't have to cancel the gig when was this now have you been lost there sorry fibber this was in fibber's this year but um that was for the waste ep launch yeah 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 and um yeah so like you know we were sitting waiting with all our gear and our like merch, like boxes of merch and everything. And the oh. bus, like, you know, oh. where it usually would stop just at the corner, like just fucking kept going. And I mean, my heart just, cause it was, it was either that, like, or right. We're just stuck in Dublin, but we sprinted the whole way down. Um, and your man came out and was like, I presume you didn't know it would changed because they had changed where the bus stopped during yeah. COVID when there was nobody going to Dublin and there was no real it still says Ashton Key that's the thing so when you look at it being like Ashton Key that's grand it's in the same place so your man was telling me that to- happened to me one night as well Ooh. like I was it was like four o'clock in the morning and I was standing there and the bus had changed from going around the corner yeah and like I literally drove away and I was like right okay I'm gonna have to wait for the like seven o'clock in the morning bus I was down yeah. in Dublin doing some recording and had my laptop so I went into the bus centre and like stuck on a movie like and fell asleep in like the seat. And I woke up surrounded by tramps watching Kelly's Heroes <laughs> on the laptop. <laughs> and like two buses had gone. It was like nine o'clock in the morning. Like... <laughs> but like, no, it is like I think it there's definitely there's a grimness about that the transport situation like that where you're just like mm. Yeah, I think um like going up to Dublin for a gig like if you just want to like from Cork I, I can only really say from Cork but if you want to go up just for the gig and come home it's possible my main thing is I would rather if there's a limerick date on it that's where I actually would rather go yeah. I, I just like going to gigs in limerick more but we all do now at this stage yeah. It's yeah, to say. then there's the issue of there is no late bus back to Cork so you're either like trying to find a couch to crash on which like <laughs> yeah that's the thing like people have been so good 
to mm. me and like to the lads in the band and stuff like on, you know, offering place to stay. But there could be a time that you're like, you know, that whole thing of like, fuck it, I'll go to see whoever play in Limerick. But you re- it's like you have to be like, right. If I can't get you have to have it organized. You have to have it organized. There's there's none of this shit now where you just drive up on on or get a bus up randomly. I was even even trying to book a bus um, to go down to the airport for Hellfest. Yeah. Just because with the price of gas and stuff like that, like it cost me 30 quid in gas going up and down the road and then like 30 or 40 quid for parking, like where the bus is dead cheap. But Harry Styles or whatever was playing in Dublin. Yeah. (laughs) Couldn't get tickets. But um, yeah, so the bus was completely sold out. So I just had to drive down at like X o'clock in the morning anyway. Like, so it was a mirror. But I mean, I'm, I'm driving up to Belfast now to see uh, Crypt of the Riff. And that's Friday. Yeah, and that's four, four hours, 20 minutes drive. Joe, you know, to, to drive well, you've come down to me a few times. Yep. Yeah, I was pricing hotels for that and it was very expensive. Richard. Really? Okay. Yeah. We got an Airbnb um, for Belfast um, on Saturday, but thank God we had Sean from Arjuna's Eye driving Next it. Shout out to Sean. Man, absolute yeah. legend. legend. Um, Next time, man, if I'm home, come and stay here at the gaff. Like, we'll of course, room, yeah. Man. Like we'll give you beans. For us to be able to afford it um, or, you know, we had to go 25 minutes outside. So like in East Belfast in an Airbnb, like there was just no yeah. way that we were going to be able to do it um, in a hotel because when you're coming up with gear, like if you're in a splitter van or something like mm-hmm. petrol to go up and back. Astronomical. It's yeah. fucking insane. Right. We're yeah. talking like we're talking 100, about 100 and 160 100. something. Yeah. That's what we ended up and like it's that thing as well like with with bands is people i don't think understand in the last couple of months with petrol how much that oh, has completely yeah. fucked some some bigger everything. bands out there like i know uh, jarvis sent, was saying on the midnight tour that they were messaging promoters saying okay sorry to have to do this but you are gonna have to put money in towards the band's gas here because yeah it's got so absolutely ridiculous and Alan from Primordial was saying as well, you know, when they were running the tour bus, you know, with a couple of bands in it, and they said that it yeah. was like eating four or five hundred quids worth of gas a day, you know. Wow, Jesus Christ! Like, you know, so, like we, it's crazy. We, like, you know? we drove from uh, Inverness to Leeds, and that's like seven hours. Oh my God, you did, yeah, yeah, and it's cost us less than it did here. To get from Cork to Belfast, um, yeah, well, is this cheaper up in the UK? Obviously, yeah, yeah well, it absolutely, of, definitely was. Well. Anyway, because we were like, we when we were going over, we were like, right, look, we're not going to financially. <laughs> this isn't going to be the biggest profit that we're ever going to make. But we had like in our head planned everything like prices wise over here, and it's it's definitely not. So it's bad there now. You, like, might, you need to explain that a bit better, Ev. So you got to Scotland, was it? How did yeah, you get from, across? Did you bring the, the bus we, we, or a minibus? No, we somewhere? flew over and then okay. we rented uh, a car. A hatchback or a Yeah, yeah. Or something. Like we weren't bringing all of our gear. Okay. But this is, this is the thing, like when you're comparing it to, if we're in Ireland, 
chances are we're bringing all of our back line and you're doing it in yeah. a van and that's just going to like mm. so who drove the estate in the UK for you then Lloyd I think you met Lloyd before he's one of my best mates yeah, um, fair enough yeah, came yeah. Over, he did the whole and like the thing is we pay him a daily rate as well do you know what I mean because it's one of those things that if people are like none of us drive so mm. this is like an extra like this is why we rely on merch and everything so heavily yeah. like um, I know people say it all the time that you know um, you know it's great when you buy like Irish bands merch but like I I still feel like people don't understand how much it can help that if you go up to a band after their set, chat to them, buy a t-shirt, like you, yep. three or four people buy a t-shirt, you like that could literally get them home. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That can actually bring them back home and have it come out that they, if the, you're making a profit um, or like, you know, some bands might not make much of a profit at all. And it really comes down to how smart you are with the are band. people still under the impression that the the money that bands make through merch goes straight to the band members' pockets? Like in the best case scenario, it's a third, really, isn't it? It's like you're gonna have to pay like a third for like getting the getting the shirt made, and then a third probably for getting yeah. it shipped or whatever. But yeah, yeah, and this this is unbelievable. Somebody told me last week that Kiss were playing in Hamburg in like this ten thousand seat arena or whatever. And they sold 110 shirts. 110. And yeah, they would be how much of their thousands shirts? of t shirts a, yeah. a night, you know? Yeah, of course. So, like, the, the squeeze on people is real. Like, we sold yeah. like sev- seven t shirts at Hellfest. Like, you know? What? Is that all you sold? Holy shit. It's because people do not. And your merch is fucking class, Joe. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not that, like, I think it's different. Like, if you're, if you're at home and you're at a club show or whatever, if you're at one of your gigs, Ev, like that you're putting on and uh, Cork like people go knowing that they're going to try and support the bands but like whenever people are having to pay big money in like at a Kiss show or like at yeah. Hellfest they're having to make decisions that they're like you know what as much as I would like to go to Damnation and buy t-shirts from everyone I'm going to have to you know yeah. to say right I need to actually spend that money on beer or I need to spend yeah, yeah. On whatever you know yeah. so yeah. people are being squeezed in a in a massive massive way so I think it, there could be hard times for bands if people can't afford to support them with merch the way that they have been doing for the last 10 years. Then Do uh, Hellfest take a cut of that as well? Yeah. To be fair, though, I have to say about Hellfest in, and the merch, it's in a terrible place. Like, yeah. you'd have to go looking for uh, it. And it's, somewhere I think of buying merch myself anyway. Yeah, like but, but com- if you compare Joe to Damnation, where... The merch yeah. was like in the center, it was really accessible. It was well, one almost... thing I'd also say, Danielle, is though, like that was before, like, damnation was whenever people still had a bit more disposable income. Like, you know, yeah, things have changed hugely for people in the last few months. And uh, like, it's di- like Richie going on holiday and stuff, yeah, it, it's it's easy to go and do something like that where you've you've like planned it X months in advance, but I think people just don't have that 20 pint amount of cash that they had when we you were know, younger i'll tell you now about holiday right and this is this is actually relevant to what we're talking about to stay in the long-term car park in dublin right for two weeks right was 200 quid for the blue one 
the red one, which is closer, is 240 euros, right? That's how much you're, you're paying. So the flight then comes in at half two in the morning. So you, you're not physically able or you're taking a risk to drive from Dublin. After you pack all your baggage and stuff, you're getting out there at half three. You're taking a massive risk then, safety-wise, to try and drive back to Cork, which is like nearly three hours. And you're, you know, you're fucking exhausted. So what did we do? We just paid for the air coach. So shout out to Pat O'Regan, Smashing Skull Sessions. I picked up Pat in my Jeep, went into Cork City, offloaded the luggage at the air coach. Pat drove off in my Jeep. Put all the luggage into the air coach, three hours up outside Terminal 2, 70 euros return for the three of us. That's, that's really good. It's, that's, it's more expensive from Limerick. Zero stress. And I had that uh, blue car park nightmare on Sunday night coming back. Was waiting like 50 minutes for the little bus to the blue car park oh, yeah. to arrive. It was just like, and there was like empty buses to all the other car parks going. But again, people weren't staying in the red car park because they couldn't afford to. It was yeah. everyone was yeah. going to the blue car park, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I came out of the blue car park after going over to Corn and it charged me like 15 quid more than I it said it would yeah. um, when I booked it. I was like, fuck you, blue car park. The point is that there's squeezes financially on everybody. Um, yeah. especially now for people like us that love going to metal gigs. I checked my diary for the whole of the year in relation to gigs to Dublin. I've only won there, which is, I think, Gojira, but otherwise uh, I went to Gary Newman and we stayed with friends. Normally we would stay in a hotel and we tapped off friends going, listen, any chance you could put the two of us up myself and Helen for the night. Yeah. Otherwise it was 350. Well, what but are friends for, you know, I think that's, a, yeah. that's the good thing about, you know, having mates like you, you should be able to count on people for those sort of things instead mm. of spending crazy money. Like Tall John of Siege got the bus up and down that night from Limerick mm. to see Gary Newman in Dublin. Yeah. Like uh, one of the lads was saying he's going to go to Sepatura in Dublin and in Manchester. And after seeing the Hellfest, I was like, I'm definitely going to go with you to Manchester because yeah. I can get a flight from Shannon on a Friday evening. That's like 15 quid. Yeah. Um, Shannon, back. Bristol, Birmingham are all now coming into play for me in relation yep. to gigs. Sure, even us going over to see Turnstile. Oh, that's a great example. Yeah, absolutely. Us going over to see Turnstile with the flights and everything was cheaper than if we if they played in Dublin and we mm-hmm. went up to stay the night in Dublin. Yeah. Like perfect how example. Much was the flight again, the flight was like, like the whole thing came to like seventy bucks. Yeah return like and yeah. it was yep. so handy like and you're just being like this flight costs less than like the air coach is what return like 30 or something Can't like that now. and then when you get to Dublin you're going to be paying Jesus fucking Christ who knows like and I mean money it's like I'm I can't stress there has been so many people that have been so so good um, yeah. with either letting us sleep in, on couches or like if I was, you know, with the band or or just myself, like people really, really, really are um, very, very helpful. And it's one of those things like say if you're organizing a tour or something and if you have a few bands together, there could be what, like 15, 16 people and you just, you don't want to get onto anyone to ask that because it's a lot. Yeah. 
for even to try split up. And then you're looking at like, right, I just couldn't justify messaging someone being like, hey, what, can you help me here? Because I feel like I just don't want to put that on anyone. But then you're looking at like even hostels. If you were to look for a group of people over a certain amount, a lot of hostels will ask like, oh, what kind of group yeah. are you? Is like, a are you a cult- or, yeah. yeah, as a stag or I put down cultural groups sometimes just being like, oh, they're cultural groups. And they're like, yeah, no, we don't take bookings. And I clicked on every single one just to see if it's different. I don't know why they gave you the option because they always say, nah, we don't, <laughs> we don't take, uh, we don't take bookings. So sometimes it's easier. Like, yeah, wasn't um, Sean from Ten Ton Slug on about um, trying to get a bus together to get down to gigs from Galway for our yeah, yeah, yeah. Galway to Limerick, you know. So all these factors now that are coming into it. I'm staying with Joe now. I'm going up to Belfast, as I said. Normally, nine times out of ten, I'll treat myself to a hotel. Yeah. yeah. You know? Or like, I, I would usually uh, go and stay with mates or whatever, but I, I think we'll probably end up getting a taxi and like, it'll probably cost us like 20 bucks each or whatever. Whatever, yeah. Get back, but sure, like, what is 20 quid each like- compared to having to spend fucking 70 or 80 quid. Yeah, but like yeah, Ev, what absolutely. you were saying about going and staying on people's sofas and like, I think a lot of, a lot of the tours that you're going to be doing, you're just relying on the niceness of incredibly sound yeah. people, you know, and the sort that. of person who lets you stay on your floor, it's the sort of person who will make you a really nice breakfast in the morning as well. Yeah, like, you know, and people who are like that are generally like that all through life and they'll just be super sound, you know, even saying that with breakfast, I have to give a shout out to Mel. Um, every single time that I've stayed in Limerick and stayed in her gaff, she's promised to make like a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, uh, Alex's partner. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And every time yeah. it's like we're like, cool, we'll do it at this time. And I'm going up with Richie. Richie gets a hotel. Um, Richie will be like, oh yeah, sure, we'll leave ten half ten. And I'm like, cool. Richie wakes up and he's tired and he's like get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> so I'm just like, they wake up and I'm gone and I've like made the bed or whatever. And I'm just like, sorry, yeah. when Rich, when Richie has to go, he's not going to eat fucking vegetarian sausages. <laughs> <anyway."> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was distraught. I, usually I stay with Brian Hare, but I couldn't because of COVID, you see. That's just another that fucking problem. That's when you, that was, I felt uh, so bad because uh, Mel was saying the night before, oh, I didn't make Evan such a lovely breakfast. And I'm yeah, saying, yeah. Evan, did you have the breakfast? No, they're still asleep. I'm going, oh my God, look, I'm outside the door and I'm going to have to come down. Oh, Danielle offers the service as well. And, yeah, and yeah. Just... I've made the I... breakfast a few times, Ev, so. Yeah, yeah, and I ate every single bit of it. Thank you so much. And it's crazy even thinking, uh, thinking that way about, you know, going to gigs in places like Derry or even like a Limerick or wherever. Look, you know, they, it's the same thing. If it's on a Saturday night, people are going to, put the hand in like you know mm. okay we're going over to see nuclear assault in london and we're going to do it the old school way of like literally fly over get the train into town go for pints go to the gig have some pints get the train back to the airport and get the five o'clock flight back home like you know jesus well when's that joe in september hmm. we'll have a chat about that well, like you know what that. we were just that thinking like, makes it makes sense though yeah, it's just like because the other option is wake up in London having paid a fortune to stay Three somewhere hours later. and then you're having to go and, you know, yeah. get out to Stansted anyway, you know. So like the pubs are going to kick people out at two 
just go and get the Stansted Express, be there at like half three or four or whatever, and then get the flight at five. So yeah. And then like at least you're you're back in your own house at like midday being all like right now eight team and cups of tea, like you know. Yeah. <laughs> like this is the other thing. Even just for us now to like my friend Timmy, shout out to Timmy. We drove up to Worn Out and Cromags there. So that's like it's not from Cork that we're going from or it's it's from East Cork. So that's like an extra yeah. 30 minutes. So yeah. the whole trip takes one hour, probably 45, one hour, 50 minutes. And get to the gig, great crack, and thank Christ for non-alcoholic Guinness because that's what Timmy was drinking. So he felt nice. part of the scene. Yeah, you know, you don't feel like a dick sucking on a Seven Up. I like the old non-alcoholic Guinness. I have to say, it's, it's amazing, amazing. It's it's amazing. amazing. It's how, how good it yeah. was. It really is like, but like yeah. coming back, I was fuck all helped him because I was just like shit faced. Faced. And you know what? Normally I'd, I'd be able to stay awake, but I hadn't slept in like fucking 48 hours. Oh, anyway. yes, you, you had just I mean? gotten back. Yeah, like. so I was fucked. I did that trip with Timmy. I was the driver for uh, Decapitated, I think it was. Mm. And I barely, like after dropping Timmy to y'all, barely made it. My eyes were closed and like I was still 10 minutes away from my house. Limerick is, the, is just the maximum I, I can go to and come back without Steve. risking falling asleep in the car. It literally is such a tight margin. Yeah. I totally get that, Richie, because we went to um went to that gig that you put on Evan uh with Zora. Um and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we drove back to Limerick and I was I was like, I have to stay awake because Pete was driving and I was like, I have to stay awake the whole the whole way. And I was like just not, kept trying to nod off and was like, no, I have to stay awake and it was tough. So Yeah, of course. It is. It's that bit of a stretch. All right, Richie. Yeah. yeah. Now well, we have the, the whole thing with Fibber's um, the smoking oh, the area. The smoking area, yeah. The, oh, yeah, that's gone. The communal thing now is going to be turned into a, a hotel, hotel, which it's like, it's not going to make fuck all of a difference to any of the prices. Like, they're probably going to be more expensive because of how ridiculously central it is. So mm. it's like, regardless of how much they bill, that's not actually going to change any of the prices. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think the biggest victim in relation to gigs out of all this fucking expensive traveling, hotels, all that, I think the biggest victim of all this will be the Dublin medicine. Yeah. Because there's a good commute between Cork and Limerick. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much Limerick to Cork, but there is a definitely a good commute between Cork and Limerick. But as I said, I certainly won't be booking any gigs to Dublin in the near future because my options are very limited in relation yeah. to places I can stay. Well, well you know, when people from places like uh, Cork and Limerick and Belfast or wherever are used to having to travel to go and do stuff. Yeah. And people in Dublin are not used to having to travel. And yeah. the, the more things like frost and fire or things of interest happening in other parts of the country, like, right, that's one thing, but Dublin bands like Psychosis or any any of those sort of Dublin bands, it gets harder and harder to justify traveling to different parts of the country if it's going to cost you a fortune, you know? So, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you have survivalists and words that burn, don't you? Coming yeah. up. Cool. And this is the thing as well. It's like... Um... Are survivalists traveling up and down the same night or... Um, I don't know what they're doing. Um, that they might be staying, but okay. I kind of talked to them um, like after booking it. Like I just want to get the talk of money 
out of the way. I don't want to have things where it's like on the day you'd see some bands being like, are we getting paid? It's like everyone's going to get paid. Do you know what I mean? Like to try help out as much. Do you know, you'd love to be able to give every single person in there like fucking 200, 300 <laughs> bucks. But yeah, yeah. when you have a capacity that you don't want to be taking the piss do you know what I mean? That's why like you're limited in what you can do, but you like, you have to, even if nobody shows up to the gig, you have to pay them, which there's, you know, you hear horror stories of some people just being like, Oh, sorry, man. Like, Oh, I didn't, I wasn't able to, it's like, that's kind of your fucking job. Man, to that, that's like very commonplace. Even at festival ground, there's like tons and tons of bands playing festivals where, like even big bands, their fee might only be two grand, but they're bringing like four articulated trucks. You know, yeah. there were bands playing the same stage before us at a uh, Hellfest where they were bringing like thirty or forty crew, you know, mm-hmm. and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, just because it was all about trying to make the biggest splash you can. can yeah, you know? of course, yeah. So, and I think it's different, obviously, if you're on the continent anyway. There's nothing to stop you. You know, you may as well bring everything that you have in the back of the van if there's room for it. You know. Whereas, mm. um, like that's the thing. Like you know, Phil Leonard always said that like the only, the only way to succeed outside Ireland is on the Hollyhead ferry. Like you know, <laughs> so that's the thing. Is like after all these expenses, you still have to go on. You know, uh, I would have loved to have gone to Tent on Slug up to Galway to see them, for example. But like, that's a three-hour journey for me. And, and petrol, yeah. it's like fucking a hundred and twenty euros. Yeah. Whereas I would never fucking have thought that before. You know, I would have just spent, oh, fuck it, I'm going to go. Well, this this is why, like, a lot of the time now, um, I'll get onto a band, what it, like, especially if they're from Cork. That's what I did with C-Ren. I was like, look, I went up with Pavel, um, came back with them, and I'm just like, I'll help you with all your gear. Do you need yeah. help bringing yeah. stuff in and out of the car? I'll, I'll carry, I'll do mm. whatever. Do you know what I mean? Just to make bringing me in some way better than not having me there. Do you know what I mean? Like just because otherwise like me trying to get down there, trying to find a place to stay, all of that um, would just add up to way, way more. And like, that's when you're kind of like, ah, fuck it. No, that's what will put you off then being like, ah, I'd go, but you know. What were Z Ren's expenses for that night? Like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't ask. And if they were, I wouldn't stay here. <laughs> <If I did. laughs> they drove up, drove down. But this is the thing. It's like, I think people think... Um, so is it viable for Cork bands to go from Cork to Belfast, Galway? It's a serious expense now. Yeah. The last few months, because it's just gone fucking bananas with actual fuel costs. More than well, this, is, this is as well why... Um, like, do you know we find it easier doing a string of gigs together for the simple fact that you're making money as you're going. And like, you know, say if you had to go up to Belfast, you do like Cork, Dublin, Belfast, you're paid for each gig on the way rather than to do one massive journey. Um, with no, makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, depending on the gig. Um, what about the smaller bands that can't do that? Ed? 
Well, we're not fucking big and we don't uh, look, there is that. <laughs> but, yeah, I know. That's again goes back to public transport, man. Like it's yeah, like, down you to know, public transport. You know, that, that's a weird turn about it. Like so whenever yeah. Evan, we were doing what you were doing, none of us could drive either. And none yeah, of us yeah. wanted to drive because we were like, I don't want to end up driving all those dickheads around. Mm. Like, you know. <laughs> but like I um I think that like fucking from a from a young person's point of view, yeah, you're reliant more and more on public transport to try and get you to the cities that you want to play and get home again. Because yeah. if you're playing in like you know fucking Derry or Galway for the first time, you probably don't know anyone there, so you can't like depend on people's uh, civility, you know. But another thing is that like for international bands like someone like Decapitated or whoever, as much as they would be tempted to come and do a bunch of shows, you know, like Black Label Society, I think they did like Limerick two nights in Dublin and two nights in Belfast. That's like mm. five gigs is a lot, like you know. Whereas now, like you know. The, you're talking about the cost of coming over on the ferry to Ireland and then the cost of like driving in between places like Cork and you know yeah where like wherever else that you're going to try and play so that's the battle it, like it, it gets harder and harder to draw bands to Limerick or wherever whenever it's costing you a hundred quid in fuel from Dublin to get there you know mm. yeah like I really can't stress enough how merch is usually what financially keeps us afloat on a, on a tour. Like I really can't stress enough how, and may, I don't know if it like, I think Joe, what you were saying, like, uh, you know, somewhere like Hellfest where there's that bigger entry price, you know, and then people are kind of almost trying to hold on to smaller things. I think yep. when, if, you know, a gig is like a tenor in or whatever, depending on the venue or, People seem to be, well, I think it's just like a thing with, you know, the metal community or hardcore or whatever, like, like all of my t-shirts are like band t-shirts or music adjacent. Do you know what I mean? It's the yeah. only, it's, it's like, I'll probably get killed for saying this, but it's like, it's a much less cheesier battle vest kind of thing. Like yep. just having like buying like the actual merch. Um, and I think, uh, Bands, because of that, are now trying to put more thought and more effort in to what they can do. Like the guys in March Limbo, like the stuff they did with the frustration T-shirts. And I think that's like a one color print with half tones. And I'm like, some of the places that have said um, that you could have got quoted would have been like, oh, that's three color print. Just to try yeah. fuck you over, like. Whereas the lads, because they were in bands before, I think are really starting yeah, to want to be soundy. They well, want to be sound, like yeah. a, We're doing this UK tour and like we're definitely in that situation like where we're reliant on getting a really good turn on merch from people and we'll see what the story is. Like, as I said... You do um, direct to garment because you, your stuff is like so many colours. Like this, this thing about being the band, I, I know so much about t-shirt like when i see a t-shirt even pennies or whatever i'm like holy fuck how do they that's how much that cost to do. yeah yeah like what's yeah. what's the cost market price on this because like every color on a t-shirt yeah is making it more expensive to make mm. do you know what i mean yep. and there's so many limitations then what you're doing so in order for a band to get something that's you know you want to make something that's good enough that people even if they don't know your band at all they'd still be like oh that's cool i'll i'd wear that do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. 
Well, like, you know what, man? I think that, like, at the end of the day, you're all reliant on the same idea that if you love a band, no matter if it's the Deftones mm. or, like, you know, Survivalist or whatever, you have goodwill towards the band, you know? Yeah. And, like, maybe yeah. you're not going to be going and buying their new album on vinyl, but yeah. you're definitely going to go try and go to gigs or buy mm. T-shirts or do do whatever, you know? And yeah. as long as people have goodwill, they will support a band in whatever way that they can, you know? Now, I think that, like, as I was saying about that thing about Kiss earlier on, if you're charging 55 euros for a t-shirt, people are probably in a situation where it's easy to make that decision. You're like, yeah. you know what? I'm broke. And, you know, I don't have half the beer money that I used to have for going to this mm. Kiss gig. Yeah. So I'm not going to spend 60 quid on a Kiss t-shirt, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, like, you have to make it an attractive uh, proposal. And that's where a big deal is trying to find small things that people can buy so that if you can't afford to spend 20 quid on a t-shirt, you can buy a lighter or a patch or or whatever it is, you know. Chromags had flip flops. That's class, like. Man, literally, nearly every single thing that I saw, and I was checking after a while, being like, "Harley's wearing Chromags flip flops." Oh, I was like, literally everything. He had, Night Demon had, had uh, hot sauce, and they were hot all sauce. like, "That's something I really want to do." What? Like Night Demon, where like our hot sauce like kills it in places. Like there'll be like certain yeah. countries that, we go to, like we'll sell yeah. lots yeah, of bottles of hot sauce tonight. And you're just like, Vars did that. Let us sell hot sauce. Ooh. I will help you make that. Also, it should be a hot sauce. Um, if there was a metal cell, it should be like a Bally Malou type relish. Oh, <laughs> like an oniony relish. It, That's what we all really it. want. Like, <laughs> but I mean, I bought I bought the Crow Mags baseball T-shirt, and it was twenty five euros. And it was a class t-shirt. That's not bad. And it was very, a, that was I reasonable. I think that's like. well priced. Yeah, yeah it was fair, reasonable, yeah. Very well priced. Mm. That's okay. No, for a baseball. And to be and fair as well. Even well yeah. for Chromags as well. Do you know what I mean? Like usually with bigger bands because they're touring so much. Yeah. yeah. They will have it. Like, you know, with bands that are kind of making their living from touring, I do understand a slightly more of a price because, you know, yeah. they have a team that's working. With baseball with t-shirts, Ev. You're going to be paying 20, 25 anyway. Oh, to, I, you know, we're we're metal yeah. band or anger. Yeah, 100%. So for the yeah. Gormax, 25 quid, fucking class. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Like the best t shirt I ever bought, Joe, was the Gamma Bomb one. Everybody fucking raves about that Gamma Bomb one that I wear. I still have to get my Gamma Bomb one that I won on the live stream. Uh, it exists. Ooh. I can guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to say something, Daniel? <laughs> Was that last year? There, you go. there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's class. Ooh, I'll come up and get it. <laughs> you will <laughs> too. Well, yeah, did like, you buy any like merch a... on, in Hellfest? Any of you? Joe or Daniel, no? No, and it comes back to that. Well, actually, come. I was going to go to that big, huge metal market because I always go and get something yeah. from there. But I actually just didn't have time um, between the heat and everything like that. Everybody said it was suffocating in there anyway. Putting on more clothes seems like a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, it was like, I don't want to go put on more clothes. Yeah. But um, I would usually buy merch there. But um, I was just going to give out about the price of merch at Tool. It was supposed to have been. I, I, I was there. How I much did, was the t-shirt? The tour shirt I think, were people saying it was 45? And I could be wrong now because I didn't go up to the merch stand. But what I did hear was that they had... A signed poster for 300 quid. Yeah. Hell. Yeah. I know. Isn't that crazy? Because if you think about like, it, like that's literally the poster cost them 50p and it cost them zero for the <laughs> yeah. four guys to sign up. Like, yeah. You know? But I, I know a guy from back home that has on that tour, he went to, what was it, like five or six 
of the gigs, traveled with them, got the T-shirt at every single gig. And it's like, when you, when you see the hall that he has, it's like, mate, you, that, there's a car in that. Like, just, say, like, I went to Maiden in Belfast and like, right, fair enough, they are money grabbing hooers at the best <laughs> of times. Like, but like, they're still... Like it was 60 quid for a ticket instead of 100 quid, and you know, their t shirts were 30 quid. Like, you they definitely, like, you know, for a huge sterling, uh, yeah, 30 sterling. That's different, but the thing is, man, 30 sterling is probably 35 euro now. Look, you know, but like, I think it's a different vibe. Whereas, if it's someone like Tool, where it's 120 quid for a seat and ticket to the gig, and then you're charging people 50 quid for a t shirt, like, seriously, it was worth it, though. Yeah, did you say in Dublin? I did. There you go. How much does that fucking gig cost you with drink, tickets, and mushrooms, acid? Like it all adds up, you know. That's Um, like that's like three hundred quid each. Yeah, it didn't matter because they were worth it. Yeah, they 100% were. I have absolutely no qualms in saying that. I actually stayed in, and I didn't realise until afterwards, I stayed in the, the evil hotel that's taking over Fibbers. I didn't realise it was that hotel. Mm. I would have shot in the yeah, floor or something if I had doing that. <laughs> should have. Should have been fun. But, uh, I, think, I don't think it was, I don't think it was mad expensive, actually. I think it was like 160 and that was including breakfast for the two of us, which wasn't the worst. And it was a really nice hotel. Mm. Uh, but, um, I've heard some people paying mad money. Like I booked it before the tool gig was even like on sale. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. went up in price after that. Um, but that's yeah. that's yeah, still a few months ago. Like it's it's nuts. But the punter now is expected to pay for a big European or American band coming into coming into Ireland. It's just fucking crazy. It is tough. Yeah. you know, you're better like, off I think going to I... Birmingham, Bristol, and all those. But the, like that's part of the thing. Like what we were talking about going going to Berlin to go and see a bunch of bands weren't really even massively fussed on seeing to go and get sloshed. Go, yeah, yeah. You know, but like that was still only you were probably only talking about hundred and twenty quid as an outlay for your flights and tickets and hostel. Like with regards to that festival that we were going to go to, like I remember, like when we got the tickets were so cheap when it when it was cancelled. I didn't even send them back for a refund because I it didn't even didn't feel <laughs> worth my time to fucking go to the post office and send them and wait for them to send me something back. I was like, whatever, keep my 25 or whatever, how much it was. I can't even remember how much it was now. Like, But if that was tool tickets, I'd be like, I'd fucking fly over and hand it to them myself being like, yep. come on. <laughs> so let's do that. Let's try and figure out some sort of... Uh, you know, adventure episode where we can go to Greece and go and see Extreme or something like that. Does not sound good. Oh, 100%. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> or whoever. I'm going to Damnation, like. Oh, 100% percent i be up front. So I'm going to Damnation anyway. Are you saying? I was thinking of going. I was, temp- I was thinking because Sabatora playing in Manchester, Conjurer playing in Manchester the, the Tuesday, and I think Sabatora playing the Wednesday. And then I could work from Manchester Thursday and Friday and then go to Damnation on Saturday. I love this. I love the strategy. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. November. (laughs) November. It's the second weekend, I think, in November. Okay. Yeah. Um, Are tickets sold out or are they still? Uh, No. No. No, It's in the arena now. It's in Manchester. 
with all of us. Remember, like yeah. the Berlin thing. Because uh, I heard some bands were playing that'll tell you when we've stopped recording. Okay. Oh. So I have. For uh, damnation. Yeah. Evan, uh, do you know Drain played Manchester last weekend? For outbreak. Yes. Yeah, I'm well aware. If if we weren't playing with Chromags, I'd be there, without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt, I would have been out. Over and you never and... passed on the information. This is the problem now between me and you. We've got issues. We've got well, issues. You were now. supposed what to join us to Belfast. Actually, I couldn't go because I was in school. Yeah, yeah there <laughs> we go. Oh, See? Fair, <laughs> enough, fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they have the tickets already um, for sale for next year in a bigger venue. Chris from Baylor was on to me. He sent on uh, some pictures of it. Looked amazing. In Manchester, yeah, Wayne, Wayne, and Claire were there as well. Oh, they were there as well. Yeah. They were. Yeah. Yeah. The lads from below the neck were there. No, uh, the sounds Blue. great. Is that once a year or every year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Blue okay. Mates Fest, like. So anyway, listen. I'm going to leave everybody go. The most important thing out of tonight is please buy band merchandise. Simple as that. If you're going to see a band in a concert. We're going to be going to see Crypto the Riff, myself and Joe, and I will be buying merch. It's, it's vitally important to keep a band. The expenses are through the roof at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just literally, as I'm always saying, support your local metal scene. Thank you, Evan, Danielle, and Joe for coming on the show tonight. Hope you all enjoyed it. Take care, everybody. Cheers, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.